Hey there, this is Saja. I'm just jumping in before we get to the rest of our episode today. I wanted to congratulate Justin. He just finished his new album called Moon by Night. It is simply amazing and you should all check it out. And you've been lucky to hear some snippets from the record, which he actually recorded in Mumbai in 2016. And when you hear the record, you can actually hear all the Indian influences. And also you can, if you listen to the lyrics, you can really hear how uh, New York 19 has influenced him too. It's really spectacular and you should all check it out. Streaming on Spotify and Apple Music and also at his website, Justin tracy.com hope you'll all check it out it is a really amazing new record welcome back to spotlight 19 this is justin tracy and this is saja tracy in today's episode we'll cover representative fazo's media coverage his votes from the past week and the return of five fast fazo facts and after all that, we'll talk to Dustin Reedy. If you want to fight against Faso and Trump, come talk to voters with us. Founder of New York 19 Votes, one of the largest grassroots groups in the country, right here in our district. And Dustin will give us more on how we can get involved. So, just an update, Faso appeared on CNN over this weekend and said publicly that he supports DACA, the bill that allows dreamers who were brought to this country illegally to stay here if they're pursuing a higher education degree or enrolled in the military and employed. And he has not clarified whether he'll be supporting the DREAM Act. And that's the act that provides these DREAMers a path to citizenship. And during that appearance on CNN, he didn't hesitate to bring up when asked about President Trump's erratic tendencies and the effects that might have on the situation with North Korea that Trump actually won New York 19 by over almost 10% of the vote. I saw Faso mentioning the town hall on CNN as well, as though he holds them all the time. He also brought up the fact that Trump won New York 19 as an excuse for why he won't denounce him. But he also always criticizes Obama, who won this district as well. And then there's the fact that less than half of the district voted and Trump won by roughly 12,000 votes, which is close to the amount of votes received by Jill Stein and Gary Johnson. Do you even remember those two at this point? (laughs) Anyway... So Faso's mistaken or just trying to convince himself that this district is solidly Republican and that's why we should follow, you know, whatever the president is doing. And speaking of the GOP, with the help of John Faso, they were able to pass two bills this week in the House. The first bill was a bill prohibiting gang members like those in MS-13 to enter this country or to allow them to be deported if they are here illegally. So that bill might sound good to a lot of the listeners. These people are in these violent gangs, but you really have to get into the weeds of the bill to understand it. It seems so straightforward, but what it actually does is allow ICE and Customs and Border Protection and other agencies within the Department of Homeland Security to deport or prevent people from entering if those agents reasonably believe someone to be a gang member. 
Sure, and all the gang members are based in Mexico and Central America, so underhandedly, this bill is giving these agents license to discriminate based on what they think is a gang affiliation. Right, and often, sometimes, these agents might be looking to tattoos or the way someone is dressed or the color of their skin, so I'm not really looking forward to how this bill plays out. And I fear for those Latino Americans who might be perceived as gang members might end up being ultimately harmed. But moving on to a somewhat related issue, the House also passed a budget bill with Representative Fazo's help that puts a $1.6 billion down payment on the border wall, which the president campaigned on. So before we get into all the awful things that this bill does... Will anyone in New York 19 benefit from it? That's the question. We certainly won't be helped by the massive EPA cut. The agency is operating at levels down 75% from 2010. It's really awful and really scary what we'll do in the event there's an environmental disaster like the one in Hoosick Falls here in New York 19. The one agency that is getting a hike in its budget is the VA, the Veterans Agency. And this hike will hopefully help some of the veterans that we have here in the district. But most of the budget hikes are going to, of course, military. It's one of the biggest increases in military spending we've ever really seen. The budget also adds funding to the National Institute of Health, thankfully, because the president had actually proposed entirely cutting its budget. But some of the other things this bill does includes loosening protections for retirees by getting rid of a fiduciary rule for brokers that held them liable when those brokers invested funds, which is kind of frightening because that's exactly what happened during the financial crisis. There is also a rollback of family planning services, such as Planned Parenthood. At the town hall, Fazo was asked how he could vote to defund Planned Parenthood when he had promised not to. And his answer was that sometimes you have to compromise to pass legislation. But we couldn't find anything on the record where he came out opposing that part of the bill or came up with a supplemental bill that would provide Planned Parenthood funding. And we shouldn't forget that Planned Parenthood is the only reproductive service provider in some of our more rural counties here in New York 19. And then there's what this bill does to the Affordable Care Act. So the bill actually prevents also, in addition to all that, the IRS from enforcing the individual mandate, which was when under Obamacare, everyone was required to have some level of insurance or they would pay a fine. It's roughly $700 a person if you don't have any insurance. And what we're seeing again this week is the ugly head and the ugly rearing of the Obamacare repeal. The Graham-Cassidy bill is floating around, and it's likely there will be one last vote on the repeal later on this week or early next week. What this, will, what this bill will do is exactly the type of negative impacts as the American Health Care Act that we discussed in the spring, no protections for pre-existing conditions, reduction of the Medicaid expansion resulting in less insured people, and rising premiums. Haven't we heard this before? 
it's awful. Which makes it more vital for all of you out there to call, even though it seems, based on Fazo's record so far, that he'll vote in favor of this. Don't stop calling. You know, the number is 202-225-5614. And let Fazo know once again not to vote to take away our health care. When John Fazel moved to Kinderhook in the early 80s, he worked on the state legislative drafting committee and helped draft bills that would later become legislation. Number two. Before Fazel ran for state assembly, he was working very briefly at a law firm, Report, where he did estate and real estate law. This might be when he decided that he opposed the estate tax, or as he likes to call it, the death tax, and doesn't want estates worth over 5.4 million to be taxed, as announced this week. Number three. When John Fazo joined the assembly, Governor Mario Cuomo was still in office, and as many of us know, John Fazo's tweets often take aim at the current Governor Cuomo. Number four. A while back, we talked about Fazo's early life, and we recently found out that he joined a steamfitters union when he was still living on Long Island, but never got called for a job. Maybe this is why many of his positions are anti-labor. I would love it if one of our listeners could look into the steamfitters union story more, because we're using a quote from Newsday. So if anyone has more information on that, I'd love to know more about John Fazzo's time and qualifications as a steamfitter. Anyway, uh, number five, actually between 1995 and 2000, Fazzo voted against increases to the minimum wage seven times. So that's one of his positions, and you can see it reflected in his voting record from when he was an assemblyman that was very anti-labor. You're listening to Spotlight 19. Now we move to our interview section, Today, we have on the show Dustin Reedy. He is the campaign director and founder of New York 19 Votes. So welcome to Dustin. Thanks, Aja. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm a big fan of the pod. You go back even before the first one came out. We got the chance to talk with you even when we just had the idea for Spotlight 19. So it's so great to finally have you on the show. Welcome. I'm so excited with where this podcast has gone since uh, those conversations back, was it March? Yes, it was very, very early in the year, and here we are in September. So tell us about New York 19 Votes uh, and your experience since it started earlier this year. Sure. So New York 19 Votes is the voter outreach uh, umbrella group that is uh, combined with the indivisible groups, local democratic uh, committees. What we are aiming to do is get out, go door-to-door, and talk to voters directly to help win local elections this year, build the groundwork to beat John Faso next year, whoever the Democratic nominee is. We're working to build the volunteer infrastructure to do that here in the 19th and bring together and train up and build leadership both for volunteers in the district and for the volunteers out of the district uh, from New York and the Capital District and as far as Boston. And in a sense, act as the general election campaign until we get our candidate 
and trying to do our very best to make sure whoever is the candidate against FASO comes out of the primary in the best position possible to win next November. Tell us about your experience in the past with campaigns or political activism that has led you to New York 19 votes. Sure. So I got my start in politics uh, volunteering for Barack Obama back in 2007 during the primary. I helped start an all-volunteer campaign called Albany for Obama, which was in Albany. And we went and canvassed in New Hampshire and Ohio and Pennsylvania And we worked to help elect Barack Obama president uh, all the way through the general election. I was working healthcare at the time, which I had done for a couple years, which gave me a a real good look on how good of care you get in this country when you have good health insurance. The horror stories, the financial destruction it caused to folks who had medical issues when you don't have good insurance. So I got involved, helped organize folks, and got to work with people who had campaigned in the past. They thought I did a decent job running that campaign as a volunteer. And so I went on to start working on campaigns across the country. I worked in Virginia on the governor's race in 2009. Then I went and worked in North Carolina and ran a couple state senate field programs here in New York after And then I just started working professionally on voter outreach, issue campaigns, and also with candidate and campaign management, everything from a mayor's race in Troy a couple years ago to running statewide programs for next-gen climate in Iowa, running an enrollment program during the first year of the ACA enrollment for Planned Parenthood in Dallas, Texas back in 2013. So when did you come back to New York? So I've always lived in New York. I've lived in Gilderland for uh, the past 10 years. My uh, incredibly wonderful wife has uh, let me go away for a couple of months out of the year to run these campaigns. But I've, I've been living here uh, my whole life. I grew up in Scotia, which is outside of Schenectady. And, um, and we, so I got married two years ago. Congratulations. Uh, it's the same, same year as our wedding. So I, I got married in June good summer to tie the knot. Absolutely. In actuality, I I worked for the American Cancer Society last year, helping with fundraising with them, which uh, is very similar to uh, political fundraising in, in some ways. And I was trying to retire from being a political professional and traveling the country. Then the election happened, and I just threw myself into everything I could do to help organize. Ended up helping organize with Citizen Action and Planned Parenthood, the Albany Inaugurate Resistance March, which was the the Albany version of the Women's Marches on January 22nd. Then I started to organize down here in the 19th. If I focus on one thing politically, it is voter outreach, teaching folks how to communicate with voters. And I just knew that if we're going to win next year and to build for that, we need to go out and talk to voters. So I started to organize that. New York 19 vote, our real inception day was March 12th, which was the 50th day of the first 100 days. It was about 10 degrees and windy. Across the district, we brought together just about 400 volunteers, many of which had never canvassed before. And we went out, petitioned for John Faso to hold an open public town hall, which he still refuses to do. We went and registered voters. The amazing thing about the March 12th event is it was freezing out 
canvassers went out for more than just a few hours in the cold, came back, and the question I got over and over again from the volunteers was, when can we go out and do this again? And when that happened on that day, that's when I knew, and the volunteers and the indivisible leaders that helped put together that event, that's when we knew that we had a great project here. And since then, we've done two other big canvases, and we've had over a thousand volunteers trained up and deployed, talking to voters across the district. We've had indivisible leaders that have come in under New York 19 votes and then have gone and are running canvases now for local political candidates here and are the field directors and field organizations of these local campaigns. And so the power that we've been able to bring into this district by talking to voters and the the ripple effects of March 12th when we started have been pretty, been pretty immense. So we're very proud of what we're doing here. It is great work that you're doing. And it is actually the first time I felt really optimistic in one of these interviews, because usually we're talking to candidates about all of the negative things that are going on in the House or the administration is putting into place. So it's nice to kind of shift gears and find out all the good work that's been going on. So what are you actually seeing on the ground during these canvases in these conversations that you're having with voters in the 19th district? So many voters that are so happy folks are out there talking to them, having open, honest, direct conversations about what direction this country is headed in, what they feel like they want to see in Congress and in leadership here, what our volunteers want to see. The things that should make us optimistic is we have talked to a lot of voters that voted for Trump and Faso last year that are incredibly upset that John Faso lied to constituents and then was the key vote to repeal the ACA, that uh, are not happy with the direction this country is going in. And the fact there's daylight between that so quickly, that is something that we should be hopeful about. Now, uh, the work that we still need to do, and there's a lot of work to do over the next 13 months, someone who's voted Republican uh, or voted for John Faso or voted for Barack Obama and then swung to Trump, the fact that they are not happy with what's going on in Washington, that might mean that they might stay home next year. It might mean that they'll vote for our team, but we still have to do the work and show them why they should be voting for our candidates. And so there's daylight there. There's still a lot of work and a lot of conversations we need to have to, to show those folks that uh, you know we have the better leadership, we have the better policies, and we have the better values that they should be voting for. In your experience so far, what is the number one issue to these voters? Healthcare. Healthcare and jobs. Are these voters interested in this week? We saw the rollout of the Medicare for All bill. Do you think that New York 19 is on board with that? Absolutely. I think the idea that healthcare is a right and not a privilege is fast becoming a nonpartisan issue on voters in the 19th district. Talking to so many independent, Democratic, even Republican voters that want affordable access to healthcare expanded immensely. They want folks to be able to buy into either Medicare or Medicaid. And look, we run into a bunch of Trump voters that when Donald Trump said he was going to get cheaper and better health care for folks, they they knew they were taking a gamble and they felt the system uh, was rigged and wasn't working for them. And I, I don't disagree with that assessment. I disagree with their vote. But they voted for that. They see it's not happening. They want that to happen still. So the health care debate I honestly think if, if every voter in the 19th were to be able to vote on single payer, it would pass 
easily would pass. And on, you know, on the job side, you know, the fact is uh, every street here in the district and, you know, you can walk into uh, Stewart's or, or, uh, or a Price Chopper or go down to Broadway Diner and here in Kingston, and you're going to run into folks working there, folks coming there that are doing what they're supposed to do. They're working hard. They're putting 40 hours a week, oftentimes more. They, and they're still struggling. They're, they're, they're working, working their butts off, and they're coming home, and you know, they have to decide between putting food on the table or, you know, rationing their pills into halves or, or, or thirds. And to see so many folks that are doing, again, doing what they are supposed to do as citizens and working hard, struggling to make it and, and not making it and, and having their, their futures and their, you know, their households just chipped away. Um, that's a struggle in, I think, every part of the district here. And so voters want to see good jobs and jobs and and they want to see policies and leadership on how we're going to get folks jobs in here in the district. Now, we have had here in the 19th district eight candidates now filed to run against Fazo, which is amazing. It means that the engagement level is high, but there's also this a bit of concern on from for me that eight candidates is going to result in a very small number of voters choosing the candidate. And maybe the candidate that wins the primary isn't the candidate that will do well in a general election against John Faso. What are some of your thoughts on the number of candidates? And what do you think that these candidates that we've had seven of them on so far should be doing at this point in the campaign? Well, I think Having so many candidates has done a good job of exciting the district. I, I got to moderate one of the candidate forums in Wyndham, which had over 200 people on a hot summer day that came out. And the fact that we're getting canvassers out in Otsego and Green and Sullivan County this far before the next election, it just shows you how passionate and committed folks are to seeing change here in the 19th. And I think the candidates are doing a good job of exciting the electorate and bringing more people into that decision-making process for who the candidate will be. I don't think we'll have eight candidates by the time we get to next June. You know, there are questions on the fundraising side, and I'm very much for public financing of elections. I think the idea that we have to raise money to run is obscene and, and should not be a part of this, but it is. And so that's a legitimate thing for the candidates to have to show that they can do. Candidates have to show that they can unite and bring to the table voters and, and leaders from across the district. Talking to voters and, and talking to county chairs and, and committee members, folks here want, they want to have a voice and they want to have a say in, in this process. I think our voters here on the Democratic side are, they want to see our values put into play and put into our policies. They want to see us, uh, you know, get our ideals out in front, but Every person I talk to says they want to win. They want to find a candidate that is going to beat FASO. There's a good mix of realism and pragmatism and, and passion that's out there. The candidates are helping with that. Uh, again, I, I do think we'll have less candidates by the time we get to the primary in June. So how does New York 19 Votes actually work with these candidates and what will end up happening after the June primary? So uh, New York 19 Votes is neutral when it comes to candidates. We are working, again, to build the volunteer infrastructure up, help identify voters, 
which will be very important because uh, our candidates are going to focus on Democratic voters, and they'll probably focus on prime Democratic voters who come out in these primaries. And we are going to talk to Democrats in New York 19 votes and independent voters. And we're going to talk to Democratic voters who have only shown up on the presidential years and talk to them about uh, finding how we can get them to show up at the midterms. So whoever wins in June is going to get everything that New York 19 votes has. So when our candidate wins in June, becomes the nominee, they will be coming in with a volunteer infrastructure both in the district and bringing volunteers in outside of the district already in motion and already working for over a year. So we will have folks that know how to talk to voters, uh, know how to lead and train other volunteers. And, and I think most importantly of all, will allow us to get ideas and messaging that's coming from the ground up instead of coming from uh, a D.C. polling firm on down. And so that that's our aim here. And our relationship with candidates is to uh, try to help them win. And I, you know, I talk to all the candidates. I, you know, as someone who's managed campaigns for, for about a decade now, I, you know, try to help a little bit, make sure, make sure we're not doing any, anything silly, <laughs> any terrible mistakes. Uh, but we're pretty lucky. We, we do have great candidates here. Any one of the folks running would be a, a better candidate than John Faso or a better congressman than John Faso by leaps and, and bounds. Sure. And shifting gears a little bit away from the 2018 election, why is it so important to vote local and in, in the local elections coming up in November? And have you found that the the kind of constituents you are speaking to during these great canvases you guys are having, are these people interested in voting in the local elections? That is what we're focused on now and what we'll be focused on with our fall canvas on the 24th. Voting locally is incredibly important. Uh, Republicans have done a great job of fighting on every elected official from dog catcher to library board to, to school board to state senate and attorney general. We need to get good Democratic leadership into office, get folks excited. And what makes this year so important is that we can get some wins in November to build momentum on, and we can show some real return on the passion of our movement here in the district and show that this is legitimate, that we're there doing the work to make change at all levels by building up our democratic infrastructure of, of, of leaders. We also will be damaging John Faso's uh, Republican infrastructure. Our hope is that we will win local races this year. And we have amazing candidates running from being able to flip the county legislature blue in Ulster and Otsego County to Julian Schreibman, who's running for state Supreme Court judge, Andrea Smith running for county executive in Rensselaer, and Robin Lois running for comptroller in Dutchess County. The fact is we have we have great candidates. We have a lot of activist candidates who came out of the indivisible and, and women's march movements that are running. We need new and younger energy into the Democratic Party and the progressive movement as a whole. These elections this year is a very good chance to do that. It would be great to have some wins to point to in November to keep us going until next November. And I'm going to chime in here because this November, New York is voting on a constitutional convention, which is an extremely 
dangerous issue. Is that something you're talking to voters about at all? Absolutely. That that con- that uh, conservative convention, if it gets passed and gets on the books to be done, you will the Mercers will be putting in tens of millions of dollars to write a constitution for them. And uh, John Faso and the Republican Congress members are our state senators. And uh, in my district, I my state senator is George Amador, which overlaps with the 19th. And he's our senator, too, senator. here in and Hurley. He is just as much an embarrassing failure as John Faso is. And they will put as much money as it takes to ruin this New York State Constitution. And you will see uh, you'll see no polling booths in cities if we get this constitutional convention you'll see no financial disclosures ever and new york which is a very politically corrupt and antiquated state you you will see three men in a room become one man or or woman but probably probably a white man that you don't know in a room deciding things so we want to make sure that doesn't happen we are talking to voters about that that's, it's very important. We're going to be talking more about that because it is a predecessor to a potential national constitutional convention, which is completely unheard of for Americans to think that there's going to be a revision or rewriting of the basic you know, tenets of the Constitution. So it's very important that all of our listeners are registered and getting out to vote. And speaking of which, tell us more about the fall canvas and how people can get involved with New York 19 Votes. Thank you for asking that. Uh, NY19Votes.com is our website. There's a sign up for the fall canvas there. It's Sunday, September 24th from 1 to 6. We are canvassing from 32 canvas sites right now. And if you've never canvassed before, We'll partner you up with someone who has. And to get involved, you just need to sign up and show up. And uh, we have clipboards. We have the walk sheets. We have the scripts. We have uh, everything that uh, you'll need as a volunteer to go talk to some hopefully friendly voters and help get the vote out. The, the one thing I'll just add to that, no other swing district is doing what we're doing with these canvases and is as organized as we are. So... Uh, I tell folks uh, that New York 19 is the most organized swing district in the country, and we are. If you were to tell any of your friends uh, that, you know, you're going to a canvas next week with over 300 people out talking to voters, they probably won't believe you. But we've done it uh, three times here on the 19th, and we're going to do it again next Sunday. But uh, if you're new to canvassing, you get past that first door, and we'll get you a good partner. It's when you connect with another voter and you find someone else that's passionate about what you are and have those conversations and see how open and, and honest uh, and willing to talk voters here are in the 19th, it's a pretty powerful experience. And, and all of our volunteers, especially the newer ones, have come back feeling empowered and, and eager to get back out there and, and, and do it again. Great. So thank you so much for taking the time to tell us more about New York 19 votes and what's coming up in the 19th district. I'm sure we'll have you back again soon. And we're looking forward to next weekend's canvas. Uh, We'll be at the Hurley site just a few few streets away from from our studio. Hey, great. I'm excited you guys will be there. Uh, Invite your friends. And again, NY19votes.com. Please sign up and come out. Thank you. 
You're listening to Spotlight 19. Thank you for joining us this week. We have surprises next week. Until then, we hope to see you out in the field. In the meantime, keep the faith and we'll be back. And if you're interested in checking out my new album, it's at justintracy.com. It's called Mumbai Night. All proceeds go to Spotlight 19.